Hi, welcome to the Advisors Podcast where we talk about how to get more clients, increase commissions, have longevity in the advisory business as well as the lessons and journey that I myself have learned along the way in helping you become wealthy, purposeful and happy. These are literally the five activities that you must do. Like literally, you must be able to do it. Like not only just do on a day-to-day, but, but you must have the ability and the skill set to do it. Because more often than not, I see people, I see advisors or trying to outsource it to people, etc, etc. But the problem is that when you outsource it, especially too early on in the business, you are putting away your power and giving your power away to other people, right? So you must be able to have that skill set so that you never be afraid of like uncertainty. You never have fears of like not being able to generate appointments or like sell and get in your production, right? These are essentially the five key things and we're going to run through that today, okay? So the first one, it's lead generation, okay? So that is the first activity that you need to do or need to know how to do, okay? So I want to define that kind of like lead generation, right? So when we usually use the word lead generation, a lot of people, you might be able to start thinking like, okay, it's digital marketers, it's leads, 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 you know, just having a name and contact and all that stuff, right? But it's not how it is because the real objective of getting a lead is to get their permission to talk to them, right? Permission to talk to them. So a lead could be defined as someone that has given you permission to talk to them, okay? And it's in a lot of different ways, right? So the first one could be, let's say for example, you do like digital marketing and whatnot, then this is literally just a name, a number, and email. So this is considered as a lead. So the second type of lead is actually far more easier that's already available to you instantly right so you look at your facebook friends that's another one right maybe you have people that you are following or people that follows you on ig so that's also another type of lead right people that you really connected on linkedin even right people that have given you their con- personal contact number meaning say like friends you know talking about people like friends family semi warm kind of like acquaintances right so if you look at this list over here then this is essentially leads that you already have instant access to, right? You don't have to like go through a digital market to get leads because if you look at the definition of leads, which is just people that have given us permission to speak to them, then you actually have a lot of leads. That's the first thing. You also make sure that you have a list of names, numbers, followers, contacts, whatever, be it both warm market and cold market, right? You know, you want to have leads from both warm and cold market, right? Depending if you need to have both, but sometimes you might just want to uh, do warm market and that's perfectly fine, right? So first of all, you want to make sure that you always have all these leads coming on hand. And I let me in on one, one small little secret, right? Most of the time, we actually have leads. We have more than enough leads for most of us, right? We, we, we step inside the industry, we actually have more than enough leads. We always feel like we have not enough lead, but if you look at the idea of like the, the definition of lead as someone that's given us permission to talk to them, you actually have a lot of leads. The problem, the next problem, which is actually the next activity that we are actually lacking in is lead nurturing, right? Lead nurturing. So what's the definition of lead nurturing? It's essentially nurturing, is essentially nurturing the lead such you get them to show up for an appointment. And of course, you can define appointments as an um, according to what you prefer. But if you look at generally speaking, appointments is usually like, okay, cool, we can even like a catch up over Zoom, lunch, dinner, whatnot, or it could be uh, a gender specific kind of appointment, right? So we're talking about financial planning uh, appointments in that sense, right? So lead nurturing, the objective of lead nurturing 
is to get them to show up for an appointment with you. If you look at just these two stages or these two main activities, right? Number one is actually not too much of an issue because you probably have friends in secondary school, primary school, on your Facebook contact, Instagram, unless obviously you're a total hermit or maybe you're mid-career switch and then you have ex-colleagues, right? So you already have contacts, right? The only problem that you feel like is a lack of leads kind of problem is because you do not have the ability or have the skill set yet to nurture these leads to get them to show up with you. This is why this is important. The second stage is an important one, right? To get them to show up with you. So it really depends on how you approach them. It depends on like uh, whether it's warm or cold and everything else. So that's why it depends whether are you going for catch up or it's kind of like a gender specific kind of like appointment. Really, again, depends on your approach. Okay, but the whole point is to get them to show up with you because you can have a lead meaning to say that you can have a lot of contacts that you can contact them and reach out to them. But if they don't show up to you or show up with you for an appointment or even want to meet you, then it's not having much use of having leads, right? So that's point number two. So once you know how to nurture these leads and there's different ways of nurturing, just to share and add in a little bit, right? So one of the ways to nurture, of course, you know, you can add them into, for example, like a Telegram channel, WhatsApp broadcast leads, or like even when they follow on Instagram or Facebook, because you can nurture them with content, right? Nurture them with content, you know, share with them about your life, what you do, what kind of value you can provide, how great you are, how many clients love you, etc., etc. right? Sharing testimonies and stuff like that. You nurture them through content, right? So the other one is really nurturing them through, again, it's kind of like a semi version of content, but it's kind of like relationship building, right? It's kind of like you really talk to them on Instagram or Facebook or WhatsApp, or whatever it is, you really talk to them, build that kind of relationship, right? I'll call it like relationship building in a sense. Okay, so there's the content portion and then there's the relationship building where the relationship building portion is one that is more active in nature like you reach out to them hey how are you you comment on their stories etc etc right so that's kind of like lead nurturing to sum it up right so that's number two the third one is you can make a guess huh? so once you're able to have leads which most of us should have leads we know how to nurture them to show up for an appointment the next big one is sales you need to know how to sell right basically you need to know how to sell because if you have no idea how to sell it doesn't matter, right? Because at the end of the day, you think about it. When do you think your company pays you? When you get a lead? When you make that appointment? No, you only get paid when you convert a prospect into a client, which means to say there must be some form of transaction that must have happened, right? Which is usually an acquisition or maybe they purchase a, even a personal accident plan. That's when you get paid. A shoe plan, a hospital, a whole life investment, whatever it is. So you need to know how to sell because if you have no idea how to sell, then it doesn't, again, truly matter, right? So over here, the whole point, right? The objective of a sale or selling is to convert prospect into a client. And I would even like phrase it a, a different way, which is also what we call like client acquisition, right? You just want to acquire the client, right? And build a relationship from there, right? So the whole point is, again, you need to ask yourself like, cool, do you know how to sell? What are some of the questions you know we are going to ask? What concept presentations do you have? How many appointments have you structured your appointments to be? Is it one appointment, two appointments? And do you know how to transit from the first appointment to the second appointment? So for example, if you are doing a two appointment close, right? Two appointment close, then what are you going to do here? Is it going to be concept presentation? And if it is, what is the concept presentation and what are you going to ask do you have the script ready do you know exactly how to pitch and share with them value add to them such that they will turn up for the second appointment right and then the next question mark that i put here is that okay are you confident of getting them to show up for the next appointment or what can you do to make sure that they show up again right what's going on in each appointment and what are some of maybe the potential objections they might have and how will you handle them right or maybe even like what and how can you say certain things such that you put them in a bind state and make an actual impact right so these are the things right these are the big things when you come to do with sales you need to know how to sell on a day-to-day -day basis you need to know how to overcome objections you need to know exactly how your product works how to position the products so far right we cover these three things and these three things are extremely crucial so now the next thing is this right once you have 
sell and sold them. The relationship changed from one that is of a prospect salesperson relationship to one that is a client advisor relationship. A lot of people, I can tell you like most people know the first three steps, but most people don't do the fourth step. Okay. And the fourth step is actually delivery of service. And you know, in your agency or in your terms, they will call it like client servicing, you know, servicing client, etc, etc. Right. So this is what it actually means, right? The objective is to make sure that you over deliver value, right? You over deliver value and obviously kind of like make them happy in that sense, right? Because at the end of the day, they're still kind of like your clients, right? So you have a kind of like obligation, right? Because so this is saying, right? People acquire clients to make the sale, but the best advisors make the sale to acquire clients. So the whole point here is that the best advisors are the ones that look longer term. Like they just make the sale because they want to have a relationship that allows them to have a very kind of like fulfilled purposeful kind of relationship where they can always buy again, where they can help them with their plans, policy reviews and whatnot, right? So you really want to over deliver kind of like value for them, you know, and there are a few ways to deliver value, right? So the most common one that a lot of people talk think about is obviously policy review. And even before I go into that, right? Like value, I want to highlight this word value, right? When we say deliver or over deliver value, I think most people don't understand, like don't even know like what is value. They use the term value very loosely because value is subjective and it's subjective according to the person receiving it. To you, maybe policy review is, is very valuable, but that's your point of view, right? Because to the prospect or the client at this point in time, they might not find that it's the most value for them at the current situation. So you need to first lay out like what are some of the things that might be valuable and then you pick the method or you pick which one suits the particular client better. Okay, so let me, let's just dive in right a little bit more, right? So number one is obviously over um, policy review, right? These are standard, you know, you look at what's their gaps, you know, whether have their lifestyle change, whether have they blah, 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 right? You know, is there a need to change the policies, et cetera, et cetera. So that's number one. The number two, it's actually a little bit further, slightly maybe extension of policy review, but it's kind of like maybe you can do like cash flow planning for them, you know, maybe use uh, amazing tools like, Ghost Mapper, for example, to really kind of like systematically and really detailedly plan out their finances, right? So that could be a cash flow planning. And that's number two. And the third one, it could even be things that out of the box, right? For example, you know, you actually create a community, you create a telegram, you create whatever it is, right? They actually have your clients together. And who knows, maybe you can do like accountability or maybe even goal setting kind of like session, right? With clients. So what I mean by that? So for example, other than selling them a savings plan, an investment plan, or whatever it is that you got them protected or started with, right? Maybe there's a, the intangible part of it that has nothing to do with policy is to save money, right? Is to track their expenses, is to do budgeting, et cetera, et cetera, right? And maybe part of their goals is that, you know, you recommend that every month, they should save 600 bucks, for example, and then they should track their budget. And that's what they need to do. But you and I both know that most of the clients out there or normal human beings, they don't really do it because it's too lazy, it's, it's leche, they don't have time, yada, yada, right? So maybe you can kind of like create accountability setting or goal setting kind of system with your clients, right? And that's additional form of value that has nothing to do with policies. So you start to realize that then the perceived value of you as an advisor in terms, not only in terms of relationship, but in terms of like the things they are able to bring to the table is a lot higher and better compared to other advisors, right? So that could be accountability slash goal setting. There could be even other things like, let's say, for example, you're doing, uh, maybe you're in a realm of like investments where you recommend a lot of investment policies, you specialize yourself as an investment guy, right? So that could really like, no, so a lot of people do market updates, yes. But most of the market updates that I've seen so far, generally speaking, talk a lot about like, okay, cool, you know, I send you a PDF version and then give you market updates. But what if you can do, what if your market updates 
can be in a live version of that, right? What if it's a live version of it, <laughs> right? What if like, you can do a once a month thing where you do live, you just invite everybody here, right? On, onto a Zoom call, whatever it is, and then you share the market updates, etc. right? What if you can do a video recording instead, right? Let's say you don't do it live, you can do a video recording instead, and then you send it to everybody and to give them an update of the market, okay? So like these are like different variations of the same market update kind of thing, right? But then again, that's another different perceived value like that you can add on, right? So you start to realize that the delivery of service, the value actually goes up a lot after just selling the thing. Is You want to look at them. So the best way, in my opinion, that I recommend that you want to see those clients that you just sold or you acquired them, right? You want to look at them as though they just came into your membership. It's just imagine that they join a club membership, right? Or a community membership, right? When they join you, they're part of your community, for example, right? So you want to look at it as membership and then in a membership, obviously there has to be benefits, perks and everything else, right? So then if you start really drilling down what are some of the benefits and perks that you can provide, then the value and the delivery of service is going to be a lot higher, right? There's another one. Then of course, another one over here that most people will, f will never really, really think of it or see it. They do it, but they don't see it as a form of service and whatnot, right? It's just having a catch-up or check-in, right? I call it a check-in kind of like appointment, right? So a catch-up, check-in appointment, right? It's essentially having a lunch, catching up with them. It could be 30 minutes, it could be 45 minutes, whatever it is, it could be 90 minutes, but it's really just having a relationship with them and just checking in on their life, right? Beyond financials, right? Just checking in their life, asking about their friends, how are they going? Have they gotten COVID or whatever it is? Are they feeling well? Yada, yada. And seeing how you can help them and showing interest to them in any other sense other than financial planning, right? So why is that considered value? Because you see, like I mentioned, value is subjective, right? Some people can't be bothered with policy review. Maybe what they want in their life is a listening year, right? What they want in, in, in their life is attention. What they might want their life in right now could be care and concern by someone, right? Maybe they're lacking that. And if you're able to provide that and play that role, then you're providing a lot of value to this particular client of yours. So once you start seeing that you play a role beyond just being a financial advisor, you start to see that there's many areas in which you can provide value to them. Now, this is where a lot of people, they will be asking, okay, but Ben, I don't get it. So, well, I need to do so many things. Uh. No, you don't. You can choose to just do one, two, three, or combination of all this. It really just depends, right? But the, the bigger point here is that if you do this and you increase the amount of value, increase the amount of value that you can provide to your clients, what's gonna happen is the byproduct, okay? So we don't do this because we want to get something, okay? We do this because this is a delivery thing that we want to do for our clients. Okay, you can choose not to do it, but allow me to share with you what usually happens when you increase the value in these areas to your clients. One of the byproduct of doing all these things for your clients on a consistent routine basis is number one, it's a lot easier to do cross-sell and upsell. And sometimes you don't even need to be the one bringing up the topic of cross-sell and upsell because when you're doing all this value, sometimes there's a lot of times, in fact, that the client would just say that, hey, by the way, I bought the investment plan for you the last time, right? Yeah, I want to look into protection or I want to look into another 300,000 single premium. There are so many times that this happens after you added value to them, okay? Now, the reason why you want to go this way is because if you look at policy review itself, that is something that is very, very overused. And if you are in industry at least even six months or one year, you know that everybody talks about policy review. But, but you think about it, right? Policy review has been here for ages and years, which means to say that most of, I guarantee you this, right? Most 
of your clients or the consumers in your country probably have a good idea what policy review is. And in their head, policy review is not value to them. Policy review, based on the things that's being done in the industry, means to sell them something. <laughs> means they have to buy something again. That's what's happening in their head. And the last thing you want is to right straight away go to policy review to every, for every client every single time. I'm not saying don't do it, right? But you realize that over the years, since there are going to be clients with you for years, right? Can you imagine you just only go back to them only for policy review, right? The chance of them meeting you goes down and it's proven, right? Like I've seen so many cases where I ask the advisor, what are you going to do or what have you been doing? They say, oh, I'm just doing policy review twice a year. Uh, but now it's very difficult to catch because, you know, either they are already, uh, you know, number one, uh, bought everything ready or they don't want to meet me. They say they're busy, et cetera, et cetera, right? Now, there is a reason why they say they're busy purely because um, they know what you're going to do. Because it's a kind of like a trick, right? It's like a it kind of like they feel like, okay, it's the same thing over again. So what's the point of meeting, right? So that's number one, right? But if you do the rest of things, you can get more cross and upsell even without you bringing up this entire topic. So that's number one. The second one is because of your value that you've provided and how you make them feel. You can always ask for referrals and referrals can in both ways, right? One is you actively ask, right? After you catch up with them or whatever it is and you just casually ask, hey, do you have anyone that you can refer? So this is kind of like the idea here, right? And then sometimes they will, sometimes they wouldn't, but more often than not, they will. The other way is actually passive leads. Because of the way you make people feel and uh, all your efforts into delivering for your clients, there's a very, very high chance that they will think of, they will remember you and they'll refer people to you. You don't have to take my word for it. You can go and try this and then you start to realize that people will actually give you referrals because you have delivered the value and the service to them. So you look at this, there's cross-sell, upsell, there's referrals, there's a byproduct of doing this. The third one, right, is essentially testimonials, right? Testimonials slash case study. So this is the third thing that is a byproduct of the things that you've been doing for your clients, right? When you give them so much value. And why testimonials or case studies is such an important one is because you need to understand people thrive on social proof. If today your prof potential prospects have no idea that you are doing great, fantastic things for your clients, they will not fully trust you, right? Because they need social proof. They need to see that someone has done it before. Someone, you have helped people before. Because having social proof gives them a sense of certainty. It gives them a sense of certainty that they can trust you a little bit more, right? Knowing that you have done this process or you have serviced clients like this in the past before. Right? So that's why testimonials is important. Right? Of course, then you can put it in maybe on social media, etc., etc. Right? But that's for another topic altogether. Okay? So the whole point here is, right, when you look at the delivery of, when you do number four, which is delivery of service, you get to have enjoy these three benefits of it, right? which is the cross-sell upsell, the referrals, and the case studies and stuff like that. Right? And in fact, if you realize, this is actually point number five. Point number five is to resell, which is we talk about just now, right? Reselling, which is cross-sell, upsell, getting more referrals, etc., etc. Increase the frequency of purchase for clients. And then the next one is actually retain, right? You want to retain those clients by doing all the things above. So this is the fifth thing that you want to do on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Which is how can you retain your clients more? And what I mean by retainer is because, so you think about it, right? If we know that if we have 200 clients and we know that, oh, these 200 clients we get the opportunity to cross-sell, upsell, resell. We get referrals, both active and passive, and we can get case study and testimonials. Then by logic, we will want to keep as many of these clients as possible, knowing that they are going to give us all these, one of these three things at some point in time, if we do our job well. So if you understand that, then like I mentioned, you want to retain the clients that we have, right? Now, the problem with this uh, is that not a lot of people do it because 
Everybody is only caring about how to get more prospects, how to get more clients. But not, any, not everybody cares about how many clients they can keep or have a close relationship with. Because if you don't keep a close relationship with your clients, you can have, for example, you can have 200 clients on paper, like on your CRM system in Prudential or whatever it is. Like you can see there's 200 clients on them. But if you really go down to it, right, how many of these clients are actually your true clients? What I mean by that is there could be 200 clients on paper, but how many of them that when you text and call, they will actually give a shit about you and they will actually reply you? Or how many of them will actually see you as an advisor? See you as their advisor or see you as the advisor that they can go to? Because the moment they can be your client, but they are based on they are your clients based on an obligated relationship, right? Because there is a transaction that both of you made but they might not see you as their advisor. So when that happens, then two of 200 clients, maybe you can you know, really have just 80 clients that are actually close with you. And the other 120 just you know, hardly give a shit about you or they don't even see you as their advisor. So what this means, uh, that if you want to resell, cross-sell, get referrals and everything else, right, you only have 80 clients and not 200 clients. Right? You only have 80 people that truly would want to buy from you or truly would want to refer people to you. So therefore, uh, the job here is to really how can we convert these 120 people, right? Or at least maintain as many people in our clientele as possible to have a close relationship and they are the, going to be the ones that give you more, I don't know, cross-sell, upsell uh, and, and whatnot, right? Because once you understand this, then you will have less need to find more prospects because then you can rely on your clients because you know that they will give you business over and over and over again. So these are literally kind of like the five main functions you need to do like every single day and you need to have the skill set. You need to develop the skill set to be able to do this, right? So like I mentioned the first one is lead generation, right? This is by far the easiest if you ask me. Second, of course, is lead nurturing. That's more, the, more difficult than having lead, than lead generation, right? Because it's the skill set of like converting them to meet up with you, to get them show interest in you. Then of course, the sales part, the delivery of service. Now I mentioned these are some examples that you can do for clients. And then obviously the fifth one is to resell and retain this group of people. And when you really master these five activities, I will even look at them as like the five fundamentals of the advisory business, right? And once you are able to do that, your years in the business, your months in the business as it goes by should get easier and not getting more difficult, right? I hope this is helpful for you. But yes, this is what we, are, we have covered in this video, which is the five essential activities that you do every day and must know how to do in your business. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode was useful to you. And here's two other ways that can help you grow your advisory business for free. Number one, go to Instagram and search Ben to the right. And number two, go to YouTube and search Ben to the right. And remember to leave a five-star review on this podcast so that we can gain more access to more people and redirect those lessons back over here to you.